welcome back to another podcast. It's been a little while, but I'm sitting down today with uh, Kim Garrity. Uh, and I'm just excited to meet somebody new. Kim's somebody I don't actually know a lot about, and I just like her and said, I've got to have Kim come here and learn more about her and her story and uh, see what she has to say. So hi, Kim. Hi, Melanie. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, myself, um, I started coming to Church of the Cross, I guess, maybe five years ago. I started coming with my mom and just fell in love with it. And so... Uh, she has since moved to another state, and I am just st brought my husband, and now we just are in love with the church. So um, just falling in love with it, everything about it, the people and the, the faith. And so that is my that is how we got to cross initially. Um, so, but um, did, did, did you you want me to kind of talk about a topic or or, or just tell you more about me? Well, tell Okay. Oh, you said that you grew up Greek I, Orthodox. I grew up, I grew up Greek Orthodox. So this is kind of a balance yes. for you guys. And I married very late in life and um, just kind of took a circuitous path to that, crazy path to that. And uh, along the way, um, out of, straight out of college was a, a software, I, I developed software, um, software developer for educational materials for a computer company. But my office looked over um, the airport and I just got some too much wanderlust working and decided I needed to be a flight attendant. So um, I became a flight attendant. And then many years after that, decided that uh, I still hadn't married all these years. And in my uh, early 30s, I decided that I should maybe have another source of, source of income and, you know, just to augment my little flight attendant income. And so I went back to law school and um, with the intention of uh, quitting flying and becoming an attorney, which would have put me into my late, I would have, well, I did graduate in my late 30s when I was 38. So, but um, God intervened in that whole process. And, you know, they say how life is what happens when you make other plans. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, I was just thinking today about, well, not thinking today, thinking along the way when Melanie asked me if I would do this or when he asked me if I would do this about something in my life that, uh, you know, was really difficult and um, and that might have some uh, utility to women of different ages. And so my um, in the process of waiting for a husband, I just have come to the thing about how we all have things in life that we wait for. And um they can be painful, super painful, but, um, so cause you, how old were you when you got married? You said 39, 39. So, yeah. Yeah. So not even like 27. No, like, no. And, and it's all over. I'm 39. Yeah. It, it was kind of torture. And, you know, I say I could go on the speaking circuit to young women who, you know, have, have waited for the Lord to bring the right spouse. And because, you know, because along the way, you know, I dated a whole bunch. And um, and the thing is, is that we all have things we're waiting for and trusting the Lord to bring to us. And of course, his timing is perfect. And he is faithful and wants to give us the desires of our heart. But sometimes we're on a different timetable. Mm -hmm. And um, so I date, you know, lots of boyfriends and stuff. And then my friends all started getting married. And I wasn't getting married and uh, having babies and I wasn't having babies. And 
um, I was in a long-term relationship with somebody that um, was completely the polar opposite of me. He was an atheist and he was politically, radically, I love politics, and he was couldn't have been more polar, the other polar extreme. And he was from a real fragmented family and just, you know how you know, this is not probably, but I, we stayed together um, like seven years and then um, got engaged because I was in my early thirties. And so, you know, planning that along the way. And it's a really, really, really long story. But um, one day a friend called me up who, a woman who was um, she was a teaching leader in a large Bible study fellowship group in Minneapolis. And I, she was a childhood, she is a childhood friend of mine. And she called me up in the middle of my wedding preparations and said, you know, Kim, can we get together? And so I said, sure, because she's like EF Hutton, you know, when people talk, you know, when <laughs> she talks, people listen. So I, I got together with her and she, she just looked me straight in the eye and she said, um, you can't marry this person. You're not to be yoked to an unbeliever. And you have to go home and break up with him and come start coming to Bible study fellowship. And the Lord is going to, you know, reward your, your faithfulness. So went home and said, yeah, we got to end. And he was, it was amicable and gave him the ring back and went on my way. And several years, few years later, I almost married a Jewish guy. And the same thing, the Lord just kept saying, you know, wait for my timing, you know, I'm going to bring you such a blessing. And so long, long, long story short, um, a friend invited me to a uh, Chuck Colson Christian Fellowship Ministry dinner. And my small group, BSF small group leader was there. And her husband was um, discipling Pat Garrity. And they said, do you, would you are you still dating Debbie? No. Are you still dating Jason? No. How about if you guys meet? So we met at a Christian um, prison fellowship ministry dinner and another few years passed more drama and finally got married. And I just say that, and I would tell any woman that um, just, just to wait on the Lord that it is, it's, it would be, it's going to be so worth your while. And um, so I don't know that my, Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So I was going to say, what I'm loving about this story is your willingness to sort of submit to the path. Like that somebody would say, hey, yeah, this guy is not the guy and you need to break up with them. It sounds to me like in your heart, you knew that was true and you just needed somebody to say it. But there are a lot of people that I think would be like, no, I can do what I want and you're wrong and like just push through to, yeah. I love that you had that submissive spirit of saying. Well, I did know. And, you know, and I say now that um, the man I was engaged to at age 26, I would never have even dated at age 36, you know, just mm -hmm. so um, sometimes I think that we, um, you know, we try to um, jump ahead of God in some of the things that he wants for us. And, um, mm -hmm. But he has, you know, his blessings are specific for for us, only on his timetable, and so we can, you can't rush a blessing. And if you if sometimes if you do, it becomes a burden. You know, the blessing becomes a burden, kind of like, uh, you know, I think of the prodigal son, and you know, who demands his inheritance from his father. You know, and the father's reluctant to give it to him, but you know, acquiesces, and then in the end, it just it didn't go down well. You know right. that. You know, we know that our God and, and a good father wouldn't give you 
um, a good gift at a wrong time, you know, mm -hmm. that um, your father in heaven and your father on earth, you know, loves you enough to know when, um, you know, a blessing could be a burden for you. So um, there's a whole bunch of verses that just really helped yeah. me work through that, that time. And uh, one of, you know, one of them, it, and the whole theme is kind of just to learn how to, what I learned through all of it is to wait with expectancy. And, um, you know, there's a verse in Psalms about uh, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice in the morning. I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. Mm -hmm. And so and we're called to wait expectantly, you know, hopefully and actively. Mm -hmm. And um, it's hard to do. But, you know, if you could just if you could get in your brain and know in your heart that the Lord ultimately he knows the desires of your heart and um you know, his plans for you are greater than you could ever ask and imagine, but it's just hard to trust that when you don't feel that, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, we, you know, we sort of, we sort of live in a, um, you know, we, we, we're more interested, I think, in the, um, destination, but God is interested in the, in the journey, in our journey and wants to be sure that we, in the interim, while we're in, you know, what I call God's waiting room, that we are, um, we are not, you know, that we're waiting actively and not passively and that we um, we're thankful for the blessings he's going to give us. We um, prepare ourselves. We make ourselves, um, you know, whatever we you do, to, whatever you have to do to um, prepare yourself to receive the blessing, whether it's, you know, to take the advanced study course, to get, put yourself in the right environment, to um, get a financial plan or whatever you're, um, whatever you're wishing for or hoping for to, um, so it's not really a waiting room. Like you're at the doctor's office scrolling Facebook, like how much longer do I have to have <laughs> the doctor come sort of thing, or like flipping through a magazine. This is like more of a waiting room where you're like doing your homework and, um, making new appointments and yes. multitasking your, <laughs> yeah, totally. Or building up those spiritual muscles, you yeah. know, and often doing some squats. Yeah. <laughs> because often our muscles are, you know, are built with re resistance. You know, we need, we need resistance in order to, to have better muscles and same yeah. with our spiritual muscles and our waiting muscles and our patient muscles. And mm -hmm. so, um, I don't know, you know, we, we kind of live in a microwave society, but God, you know, he, we serve a crackpot God. So yeah. it's just, there was a, um, and you know, I could, my story is sordid and terrible and goes on and on, but, um, ultimately, you know, the, re the result is good. And when I say that, um, that the gifts that he wants to give you, you know, he, he can, he can just, he supersizes them when he mm -hmm. gives them to you specifically custom made for you. And my husband and Pat had a, has a son and that son, that boy was eight when we got married, when now he's 37, but, um, Michael, and I just say, I, I just, I got a twofer. I didn't just get a husband. I got a, I got a son and a husband in the deal, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was like way more than I could ask or imagine. Right. So, um, do you feel like along the path that there were, um, like if, and I mean, life is sort of bigger than just getting to marriage point, but if we say that was the marriage point, like were there little sort of, I don't know if I even want to use the word rewards, but little like glimpses throughout the way that kind of kept you moving forward. Like, Oh, I see God doing this thing in my life. 
Uh, yes. Faithful. Oh, I see this thing. Keep being faithful. Yes. You know and I mean? most of it, on, I would say most of it was, um, well, from when I broke up, broke off the engagement with putting me with Christian friends with, uh, and I, I had always been a Christian. Yeah. You know, I was raised Greek Orthodox and have, you know, ethnic, you know, generations of friends there, but this was a different group of kind of, um, BSF friends. And, um, got, I got reacquainted with some college friends that I didn't know were Christians and from the U and, um, they're encouraging. And then I, ironically, and it, you know, this is part of the preparing yourself, you know, going to the Christian events or, but I, ironically, when I got to BSF, it was all women, but they're like going, can I fix you up with my husband's business partner? You know, can I fix you up with my brother in Bozeman, Montana? Can I, and I, I'll tell you what I had, I had more dates and fix-ups and you have, you know, you kind of have to be, and these were people that sort of had already been vetted because they were Christian women. And um, so it was, yeah, I, I just trusted God because right. he was putting me in, in kind of good situations. Yeah. So I just kept taking the next step forward. Yeah. So, so um, I was, I heard, well, a couple stories, one about the book of James and, you know, and I'm reminded about all so many people in the Bible who, you know, are waiting for different things. You know, did David waited 13 years to become king, you know, and mm -hmm. Hannah waited and Elizabeth waited and Sarah waited and Mary, you know, you know, and the Israelites waited, you know, right, torturously to get to the promised land and that, um, you know, but we, we are called to keep taking those steps of faith, you know, in mm -hmm. gratitude and patience and kind of like the Israelites, you know, you know, God said, you have to step into the Jordan River, before you have to take the step of faith before I'll part the waters. And um, so that's, that's just, you know, how, what I would, would just like to say to anybody in a situation, you know, where they're waiting for victory or provision or blessing or harvest, that, um, that you just have to kind of keep, keep being grateful, keep being patient. And of course, not every one of your prayers is going to be answered in, in this mm -hmm. world, but um, he is faithful and he's, you know, all powerful. And so anyway, the story in James, I, it talks about waiting for God, like, um, like a farmer waits for his harvest sort mm -hmm. of, you know, and they, you know, he, he waits with confidence, you know, he's done everything he has to do. He prepares the soil and plants the seeds and waters the seeds and, you know, then while he's waiting, you know, he sharpens his thrasher and cleans out the silos and gets some guys together to help him, you know, harvest the, the grain. And um, so he, he's waiting with confidence and because he knows, he knows the harvest is coming. And I just think that that's a really good lesson for us to, to keep, just to keep, keep keeping on. Yeah. 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 So... All right. Well, I promise you I won't make you talk a super long time, but this has been great. Yeah. I do have one other quick story oh, that yeah. I just read. Are you sure it's about two no, minutes? Go for it. Okay. So I, I was also reading this sweet little story about a, um, that sort of illustrates this about a, a rural farming town and they uh, were in a severe, severe drought. And so the pastor, local pastor asked all his parishioners to meet in the town square um, and bring with them objects of faith. You know, we were going to have a prayer, big prayer vigil in the town square and bring object, uh, objects of faith along to pray with. 
So um, the townspeople assemble and they bring crosses and Bibles and rosaries and T-shirts with, you know, encouraging messages on them and, and stuff. And this one little eight-year-old girl brought a yellow umbrella. And so they had this prayer session for about 30 minutes. And then it just starts raining blessing on them, you know. And um, but here, here, the eight-year-old girl, kind of from the mouth of babes or the wisdom of, of babes, she she came prepared for the blessing, you know, and when the rain came and the blessing came, she was ready there with her yellow umbrella. So I just, just kind of visually figuratively see that as, as us, you know, just to um, assume the blessings going to come, pray, be prayerful, be, be faithful, trust in God and um, bring an umbrella. So, yeah, oh, I love that story. Be prepared. Like come prepared for the blessing. Yeah, so that's gonna happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love so it. that's my story. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> All right. Well, I this has been great. I know you were hesitant, but oh. I think it's gonna be the best one. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Oh, okay, good. Uh, and okay. I'm loving what you're doing, Melanie. So oh, I, I I really hope that um, a lot of women will because I think that I think the richest thing we can do as a church is to learn from other generations. Mm -hmm. I have a lot to learn okay. from, from younger women. Oh my gosh. So much. And, uh, I just think yeah. it's a rich environment. Yeah. So thank you. For yeah. We have this. awesome women at our church. And so it's just, yeah. this has been very fun. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I usually end with like some questions they could discuss in the groups, but we didn't really talk about that ahead of time of what, uh, but I would say just kind of talking about that, that waiting room, how mm -hmm. we're maybe talking about how are we spending time, you know, as we're waiting, I'm sure everybody's got some mm -hmm. thing that they're waiting for right now. And how are we spending time? How are we preparing for the blessings? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing could be great discussions. Right? Yeah. Things that, yeah, just things that, you know, could be with vocations or children waiting for children to come back to the Lord. Or, I mean, there's mm -hmm. so many things. Oh, so many. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I probably can come up with five or six I things know I it. think I'm yep. waiting for right now. I know it. <laughs> In various ways. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope the groups have a great uh, week or month, I guess. I think this is starting to be, I think we're going to be transition to monthly podcasts. So yeah. uh, have a great month and great discussions. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>